It's the mom cast. Really, mom? Mommy. Mom. You are listening. Mom cast. The mom cast. Welcome to mom cast. Kind of a different mom cast this time around. I'm Stacy McKay. Our producer Greg Hansberry uh, with me, and um, we were just kind of flabbergasted, I think, at how well there's a movie out called I Can Only Imagine, and this is a faith-based movie. And with all the movies out there, this movie ended up coming in second place This was for a week. It that... was competing with the big dogs. Yes. <laughs> it did so much better than expected. And we'll, and we'll let the guy behind the whole movie tell you more about it. But um, we wanted to share our entire conversation with Bart Millard. He is the lead vocalist for a group called Mercy Me, uh, which I love, by the way. And their song, I Can Only Imagine, is now a movie. I Can Only Imagine. He has an incredible story. Uh, Bart grew up in a pretty bad family situation. Um, His father was abusive to him. And we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about the fact that his mom left the situation. And I know for me as a mom and for you as a dad, all of this is kind of hard to understand. But so many people grow up in an abusive situation, whether it's verbal abuse, physical abuse. Um, and that's what this movie addresses really beautifully, by the way. Um, and uh, I, I'm anxious to hear what Bart has to say about this and and uh, about his mom and his dad, because those are two separate situations <laughs> that, that he's had to deal with. And I think he's a, a great guest for us this week on MomCast. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. I want to ask you, Bart, did you have any idea when I can only imagine? came out, I mean, when this whole process was going on, this movie, that it was going to be as successful as it is? No, not at all. I'm like a kid learning how it all works, the movie side of things, and, you know, trying to talk to the producers and directors, like, what should we expect? They're like, man, if we make our money back, then that's a win. It's like, treat it like, can we make enough money to make another move or some? If we make our money back, investors will come back and try again. I was like, okay, and they expect us to do about two million that first weekend. It did seventeen point one, and and it's and it was number three at the box office. Right now, it's number two, past Tomb Raider, behind Pacific Rim, and um and it's uh and we don't and we went and that was in sixteen hundred theaters to where the other Black Panther and them were in almost four thousand theaters. So in a third of the theaters, we were we were staying right there with them, and and so we don't know what to expect today, this weekend, going into Easter. It's like, and and no one. When I release an album, we'll have a bet of like how many albums it might do because if we're wrong, it's like, oh well, <laughs> yeah. we're wrong. Who cares? Yeah. These guys, they don't play and they won't tell you numbers and they'll be like, you know, it could we, we don't say it could be. We wait until we know for a fact and it's like, All right, y'all don't want to play along, I guess I'll just do it on my own. So we're gonna make one billion dollars and then they'll start laughing like 
how absurd. Good day to you, sir, or whatever. So, yeah, they're a little too, they're, it's a little too high strung over there. Right. Oh, my gosh. Well, I have a feeling. I mean, this is, like you said, we're heading into Easter. I think, honestly, I, I love this because um, I think it makes a statement about yeah. faith-based movies as well that, you know, there's an audience for this and people will support this and they want to know this story. I mean, the song itself, I, to me, if you did only that song like for your whole life, <laughs> you would have been you. You would have done so much because the song itself is just so meaningful to so many people. Um, but the story behind it um, was that hard for you to write to then tell the world uh, about your your life growing up. Uh, yes and no. Uh, it the the crazy part is is like. I was approached about making the movie eight years ago from a producer in Hollywood. And she said, I, I, she heard me tell some of my story on stage between songs. And she's like, I think there's a movie there. And so I was like, we were like, we didn't believe her. Like, okay, good luck with that. And then for five <laughs> years, she would call about once or twice a year, literally and say, Hey, I haven't forgotten about you. This thing's going to happen one day. And we're like, okay, great. You know, my number. And about three years in three years ago, the Irwin brothers got involved and, and the writers and directors. And when scripts started taking shape, um, I, I, I was like, Oh shoot, this is really going to happen. Like, uh, you know, I'm really, even though I said yes to it so long ago, like I'm about to dig up what I've been trying to bury my whole life and not mm -hmm. only dig it up and put it on a big screen. And, you know, I was real nervous at the time, but what was crazy is and a random separate storyline, but the same eight year time frame, my wife and I were going to grief counseling because lost a loved one and and just uh, and it was taking a toll on our marriage, and 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 that's the first time I learned about how my childhood was connected to how I react to things now. And I remember mm -hmm. specific, vividly, you know, the counselor saying, "Let's talk about your dad when you were a kid." And I was like, "Nope!" Like I, I shut down so fast, and and it just took a while for it to start unpacking, you know, all this stuff to where, man, if that movie would have come out any time before now, I would have been in such an unhealthy place that I couldn't have gotten behind it or been a part of it. I would have been, I would, it would have been a nightmare, but, but because of a total random separate storyline, like I'm finally at a point now to where, you know, I'm, I'm totally fine with telling the story and like the songs I write lately are, have to do with my dad. And, and I'm, I'm just like, you know, if, you know, I, what I had to go through is done. It, it happened. And if it can, if I could go through that and it not be in vain by at least hopefully helping someone else, then I'm all for it. I mean, I can't change what happened, but mm -hmm. I can certainly put all my effort into showing them that, hey, he was a monster, but he ended up being the godliest, most amazing man that I've ever known in my life. And that's the important part to me because the redemption story is worth telling. And um, if I, if there was ever, if there was ever a chance to leave him as the monster, that would be a, a complete failure and disaster. But but, uh, you know, it's just it's where he ends up because that's what changed me. That's why I'm in ministry now is because if the gospel would change that guy, the gospel would change anybody. Right. I was going to say, I mean, you went through a trans transformation as well, not not just yeah. your dad. I mean, being able to to move on, to forgive, to to have the heart to help others. Yeah, I was I mean, I, I by the time he passed away, I was I was obsessed with music, but the you know, it was the, it was the fact that like, I mean, I could have sung it, sung in clubs or done whatever. And I loved all kinds of music, but when he passed away and I was introduced to kind of the Christian music and that there is music out there that's, that's 
that's bringing a, a greater sense of hope. Man, after what I saw, I was like, man, I, I may be broke doing the rest of my life, but this is all I want to do. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I, I, you know, I can't, I, I, I literally can't walk away from it. People go, why did you sign up for this? Like, man, I didn't sign up for this. It's a part of who I am. Like mm-hmm. I've tried to write and God not be in it. And it's not possible. Like I live in Nashville and I've, I've written for several country artists and I, I wish you could see every time to where I'm like, ah, I'm going to have to change that last verse. I'm getting back into my Christian roots. And I don't know if they want that when I'm writing for someone else and, it's just a part of me, and and, mm-hmm. uh, and it's you know it's about as natural as breathing now. Can I ask you because I I have to tell you one of the things about your story that struck me the hardest I think because I'm a mom and because mm-hmm. I had a wonderful mom and dad that were part of my life and still are. Um, can I ask about your mom and because that that part of it just hit me just as hard. <laughs> as everything else that happened that that she yeah. that she left i mean talk about that a little bit well i'll tell you like uh, one thing i learned years ago is that you know uh, boys will try to make their dads proud for the rest of their life but it's the mother that truly shapes their foundation and uh <laughs> and so it, it you know it goes by so fast but the most devastating part of the entire movie is that scene for me and in real life like that's the part that I still need therapy for because, you know, and my mom's a very big part of my life. Like, and, and she's very close. And, and I remember, um, you know, it's one thing to tell a story about a man who's passed away because you don't have to worry about hurting his feelings if you get it wrong. And even though we tried our hardest to get it right. But I remember when I, the first edit they did, when they interviewed me, I was telling the story about how mom left and they said, how did you feel? I was like, I was third grade. I felt abandoned. And so when they wrote the first script, that's where they went. And this, the, and the original scene, there is no, it's just her leaving and that's it. And there's no, you know, in the movie, you know, the following scene, I walk in, I'm like, what did you do to her? And, you know, you hurt her like you hurt me. And I try to fight my dad, like kind of defend her honor. And that wasn't in the original edit. And I told him, I was like, look, man, what I told you as a third, when I was a third grader as a victim, like I'm an adult now. And I mean, as abandoned, I'm an adult now and I understand more than I ever could have then. And I know that my mom had to leave because she was in fear for her life. And, and people always ask, did it happen that way? The real story, because there's a lot of stuff that they're trying to cram 25 years of my life in an hour right. and 55 minutes. And so, and so as accurate as these specific moments are, the lead up and the lead out sometimes are tweaked because they're trying to just compress it all in. What really happened with that is my mom, when my parents divorced, my mom remarried about within a year, like it was fast. And this guy was incredibly abusive. He was, she was only married to him for a couple of months. He broke her arm and it was just awful. And, and she, she, she got that annulled or divorced, whatever, and, and just went into a horrible depression. And we were still living with her at the time. And then she met this guy, this other guy that she married. And that's the one that moved us from Dallas to San Antonio. He was actually a great guy. Like she, she was married to him until he passed away. Not long after my dad passed away, but because all of our families in that small town, like I still this day believe she kind of got bullied to where all the family. I have a brother five years older, and uh, you know he would have been probably in fifth, fifth or sixth grade, maybe maybe seventh grade, and uh, and they all were like, "You're on your third marriage in a very short amount of time, and you're about to move and uproot your kids." They were like, you need to leave them with their father and figure out what in the world you're doing and then come get them or whatever. But you can't be doing this to them because we already went through something very emotional with the first, the second husband. 
stepdad. And so she, she agreed to it. And so what really happened was it was on a Saturday night. She tucked me in and basically told me I'm going to, to get this place figured out and I'm going to come back and get you. And she said her goodbyes. And then they went on to San Antonio because the next day the moving vans were coming to take the last of her stuff and didn't want to cause a scene. But as a third grade, I had no concept of that. Right. And so when I wake up, I see moving vans and no mom. And I got so upset that I literally re- I was yelling at a, a moving van and movers telling them that I'm sorry, take me with them. Oh. And, 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 and even though she won, she did say her goodbyes and tried her best to explain to a third grader what was happening. And the mo- the, I think the more insane thing is that she did try to come and get me probably within six months to a year, but I didn't want to leave. And, and she was, she just, and she kind of, a, you know, she wouldn't have fought and pulled me out of everything. I, you know, I didn't want to leave and I was in the middle of the abuse, but, and I, I don't understand it, but even with the abuse, like my, that was my home, my dad and my brother and my grandmother's, my whole life was there. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to go live with my mom who I was already upset that she left me and some stranger I didn't know. And so I ended up seeing her on holidays, you know, like a, you know, mm-hmm. she lives six or seven hours away. And, and then it wasn't until we were adults, she came back in my life. And when, I mean, when the movie came out, I saw the first script. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is going to kill her. Like, yeah, uh, this is going to kill her. And so when that's when they, they, and I said, you've got to make it to where I'm at least trying to defend that she was a victim and defend her honor. And so they put those scenes in, which are true scenes. They just weren't going to, didn't know whether to add them or not. And, um, and there were many fights with my dad throughout my childhood of, I don't blame her for leaving because, you know, this is what you do to people. Right. And, uh, so last August, the first edit, I went to my mom's house in Dallas and we sat alone and watched it. And, um, and I was ready for it. I was like, okay, here we go. You know? And at the end she was in tears and she was like, that's pretty much how it happened. And she goes, I'm so sorry, but I'm so proud of the man that you are now. And man, I just, and, and I, it's funny because, uh, I, I think I can make a movie about my dad because as bad as that was, I have deeper issues with my mother and, and we're working through it and we're at a good place. But I can tell you, there won't be a movie about my mom because it is a it is a much deeper wound hmm. than being beat up every week as a child. That's how bad it wow. was. Wow. No, and I be- I understand that. I do, and that's yeah. why I asked because I think as I watched that, that was what struck me that that was an even bigger issue. Yeah, so. it, and it is. It is. It's like it, it's the source of so many things in my life now, good and bad, and uh, you know, and just a. Uh, yeah, and so like I, I got to a healthy place where I could talk about dad and and interviews like this are like you know and you're not the first one to go. In fact, I would say almost every female DJ I've talked to <laughs> is like, all right, let's get to that mom because that, you better tell me that's fake and it didn't happen. And I was like, unfortunately, it did. And and uh and I mean I adore my mother and and she's been the premiere. She's been she's been the pushing this movie like crazy. I'll tell you the crazy part is is that uh I have a brother that's five years older and um. And he was in the movie, but uh, Cloris Leach, when he plays my grandmother, a lot of her scenes got cut out just because of timing and just they weren't working. And uh, and my brother was in all of those scenes. So my brother got just left on the cutting room floor just because they kept shortening some of Cloris's roles. So he ended up not enough in the movie to introduce a new character. And, and I knew that. And my brother went to high school, uh, college when I was in seventh grade. So uh, except for the very, very young at, at time, he wouldn't have been there anyway, so he decided to kind of not put him in there, which he was fine with. But uh, uh, 
my brother's the one guy that lived this with me. Like he's my advocate. Like he's like, you know, when, when abuse is involved, we're in this together. We're the only ones on the planet that have similar stories as far as my dad's concerned. And so, and, and when eight years ago, when they asked me to do the movie, I, I didn't want to do it. And he's the one that said, you have to, man, nobody makes movies of people's lives. You've got to do that. And so I mm-hmm. did it because he taught me into it. I showed him the movie last August and I'm thinking, my mom's gonna, I'm going to kill my mom. My brother's going to totally be the, my supporter. He watched it and he was like, man, yeah, that's, that's a, that's tough. You know, it, it's hard to watch. I was like, yeah, I know. And, and then he never said a word until a few weeks before the premiere when he, he finally told me, he's like, man, I don't think I can support this. He goes, I, I, I you know, dad was the world to me. And, and, um, I just, I have a different childhood than you. And wow. he really does for, for whatever reason, my dad was abusive towards me 90% of the time and rarely towards my brother. And I think a lot of that is my brother's at age to where dad and him were buddies. And I was three when they divorced and I used to cry for my mom. I was a mama's boy and cried mm-hmm. all the time and it drove my dad crazy. And so he used to spank me and, and which led into beatings because I would never stop crying and I was just clingy and I was a baby compared to this kid that has opinions and can joke about the same thing. And then when my brother graduated high school in seven, when I was in seventh grade and moved away, it genuinely broke my dad's heart. My dad loved my brother. And, uh, and so it got worse then to where mm-hmm. it was just, it was just me and him. And so I've learned my brother had a hard time. And I think I've learned that I think what my brother's struggling with, not that it was a made up story or that I saw it differently, I think for the first time he's hurting because he thinks that he, that it was, it happened on his watch. Like he feels his job was to protect me. And when right. he left, he just can't, he doesn't want to believe it got worse because that means that he failed is what he's struggling with. Sure. And which, that, that's which is, tough. It's, to me, it's a term of endearment that he would struggle with that. And so it makes me love my brother more, but it has created a tough season right now and we'll get through it. But you know, I never meant to hurt anybody. That's for sure. And it's, sure. but it's just kind of stirring up things you need to see. And I just had a therapy session on the radio that I didn't mean to have. So <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Um, we're running out of time here. So just in closing, um, what do you want people to walk away with from, I can only imagine. Man, I think that everyone has somebody in their life that they've written off that, that there's no hope for them, that God can't not, cannot reach them. Or maybe they think that way of themselves. And there's no agenda. I don't want to shove anything in anybody's throat. And I think that's why the movie works is that we're just telling a true story about how someone's life was changed because of Christ. And, and man, if people walk away realizing that if there's breath in their lungs, your story is not finished. There's your story still being written. And who are we to assume that it's going to end one way or the other, you know, before it's over. And like, we have every reason to hope no one's out of the reach of God's grace and and I don't know how your story is going to turn out, but if we lose hope, we lose everything. And as long as we're breathing and our hearts are beating, man, just know that we're still in the middle of the story and it's still being written. And if you would ask me who is so far for, uh, out of reach for in my life, I would have said my dad a hundred times out of a hundred, but here we are with this unbelievable redemption story. And so whether it's the way you, whether you hate what you see when you look in the mirror or it's somebody in your life, Man, don't write them off. I mean, it's it, it anything's possible, and 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 it's not over yet. And so, if people walk away with that, then it's it's a huge success for me. Just an amazing story. Um, I I love that he has shared that kind of thing, and I hope it inspires other people. If you've gone through it, um, maybe 
Uh, if you know someone that has, maybe it gives us all a little more understanding. And it's a cool perspective, even though he was coming like from the uh, the child's point of view, more or less, it kind of resonates as well mm-hmm. as a parent's point of view. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's heartbreaking and it's inspiring at the same time. I also want to let you know, he also has a book, I Can Only Imagine, which tells the story that's in the film for those that, that may want to read more detail about it. Um, also, um, they've released uh, the very best of Mercy Me, I Can Only Imagine, has been um, re-released as well. Oh, kind of an update the sure. of the song in there as well. And they also, Mercy Me, just if you want more on the band, their most recent 2017 studio album, Lifer, um, contains the certified gold single, Even If. So, good music, too. I mm-hmm. mean, this is kind of secondary to the band yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. So that's what's interesting. Just, a band that happens to be making a movie right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> and a hit movie <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. So, But I think it's a great one. And so if you want more information, also want to remind you before we go this week, uh, mark down April 12th if you're in the Columbus area because we have another Sip and Shop event coming up. Those have been a lot of fun. They're a hoot. They're yeah. a great time. Yeah. We've met a lot of you moms, so you can join us at Polaris Fashion Place, which is a great place to go, first of all. Uh, hopefully, by this time around, it'll be warmer, and actually, we will be experiencing the spring that is on the calendar. You can um, do some spring shopping, mm-hmm. and uh, more importantly, some sipping. Absolutely. <laughs> champagne. Yeah. yeah, a little <laughs> champagne, um, and you can do uh, some shopping with some good coupons, and we have giveaways, so... Mark, April 12th, moms, if you need a night out, we would love to see you at our next Sip and Shop event at Polaris Fashion Place. Otherwise, have a great week. Please share MomCast with uh, anyone in your family you think might need it, especially if uh, the story of I Can Only Imagine um, is something that you think someone might really need to hear. Um, We would love for you to share MomCast with any moms or dads that you know of. It helps get the word out. Have a great week.